0: Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. Housing is expensive and with inflation increasing housing costs, about half of Milwaukee County renters are rent burdened. That means most spend 30% or more of their income on rent and monthly rent is only increasing in price. Chris Kirko is a Milwaukee-area housing rights advocate and believes rent control can help resolve this issue. Margaret Kaplan is the president of the Housing Justice Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, the only Midwest city to have a rent control ordinance. They join Lake Effect's Mallory Chang.
1: As we all know right now, if anyone is renting or trying to find housing, Housing is expensive and that cost is rising, especially if you're renting. And across the country, we're seeing monthly rent going up. And we're definitely seeing that here in Milwaukee. And Chris, you work at the Community Land Trust here in Milwaukee, and you argue one way to curb rising housing costs and rising rent is by having some sort of rent control. And Chris, why exactly push for rent control? What are some of the benefits that renters or the city of Milwaukee can? see you with using this
2: the way to start this conversation is to point out that the best rental housing systems in the world use rent controls rent controls are extremely common worldwide a study found that the majority of countries in the organization for economic cooperation and development or oecd had some form of rent control many first implemented decades ago in the case of austria rent controls have been around for more than a century The United States really is an outlier in how unregulated our rental housing system is. In the United States for many, many years, the idea of rent control was considered ridiculous. Um, But median rents increased 17% nationwide in 2021 alone, and some cities were seeing even worse conditions. Um, Some cities saw rents increase by more than 25% in just six months. Um, With all this going on, people are taking another look at rent controls. So as for Milwaukee, our rental housing system is a disaster. We have poorly maintained housing. People are being forced to move every single year, and we've got unaffordable rents. Rent controls can only address the issue of high rents. So with rent controls, Milwaukee renters would see some relief with the price of housing, but we'd have more work to do in these other issues.
1: Margaret, you are the president of the Housing Justice Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, and in St. Paul, residents recently voted to enforce a rent control ordinance. This ordinance limits residential rent increase to no more than 3% in a 12-month period. And Margaret, how has this new ordinance impacted housing choices for renters in St. Paul? What has that impact been so far?
3: The St. Paul uh, Rent Stabilization Ordinance was passed not last November, but the November before that, uh, by the voters of St. Paul, uh, were the first city in the Midwest to pass a rent stabilization ordinance. We are also one of the largest cities in the country that has had a successful ballot initiative for rent stabilization, which we needed to do because of the preemption laws that existed in Minnesota. Uh, But there was an exception to the preemption laws that said that cities, if they had a ballot measure, could pass a rent stabilization law. And that is exactly what the folks in St. Paul did. So after six months of just figuring out the implementation, then starting in May of last year, the ordinance was in effect and it has been a very powerful tool for making sure that people aren't pushed out of their housing because of rapidly increasing prices. It has created a greater sense of stability for our renters here in the city of St. Paul, a stability that has been sort of taken for granted by homeowners, but now suddenly renters also have those same protections or guarantees that their housing prices aren't going to go through the roof, and it allows people to set down roots. It allows them to save money to plan for the future and not have to worry about, well, what happens with my housing if six months from now, if a year from now, the rent suddenly spikes and the neighborhood, the community where I've tried to set down my roots is no longer accessible to me. In St. Paul also, and I think this is something that's worth noting both in the state of Minnesota, but also in the state of Wisconsin, we have massive homeownership disparity gaps. And so renters in St. Paul are disproportionately Black, Indigenous, and people of color households, similar to the types of homeownership gaps that you see in Wisconsin. And so as we think about this issue of rent stabilization, it's an economic justice issue. It's also a racial justice issue as well, too. Because we have state rent stabilization in St. Paul, it means that St. Paul renters haven't had the same types of massive rent increases now this isn't to say that landlords can't increase the rent more than the three percent cap it is really important that we recognize that different landlords are differently situated and so they are entitled to a reasonable return on their investment but because we have a process in place, they can't just raise the rents arbitrarily. They have to go through a process of proving that the rent increase is necessary for them to maintain their net operating income and for them to continue to operate and maintain rental housing. What it does take away though, is that sort of ultimate top end on rent increases that can be completely unchecked in places without rent stabilization.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's something I do want to talk about because this is definitely a unique situation that's happening in the city of St. Paul because rent can be increased past that 3% rent control rent limit, but Tenants can file appeals and there's a system in place where tenants can file appeals to argue against that rent increase and come to a conclusion through the city of St. Paul. And with your organization, the Housing Justice Center in St. Paul, that represents renters or tenants who are appealing their rent increases, what has that process look like from a lawyer point of view and just from your organization's point of view of being able to represent renters in this new process?
3: Like all new policies, sometimes it takes a while for people to understand what it is, what it means and how to access their rights under that policy a lot of the beginning parts of this was educating people it was educating renters about what their rights were it was educating landlords about what their responsibilities were and it was also educating city staff about some of the practical implications of some of the decisions that they were making Um, once the dust settled a little bit uh, and people really understood what the rules of the game were. We were still seeing some folks who were increasing the rents fairly substantially. Uh, what the city did at the time is they had kind of a two-tiered system for asking for an exemption to the cap on rents. If they were asking for an increase between 3 and 8%, they had to essentially do their homework um, and be able to kind of quantify why they needed the additional increase. And St. Paul used a standard that's pretty common around the country called MNOI, or Maintenance of Net Operating Income, which is really just saying, we know that landlords need a return on their investment. And this is supposed to basically keep the value of the return that they get based on their rents functionally the same. Um, between three and eight percent, they could do what was called a self-certification. So they basically had to do their homework, but then they could certify to the city that they did it and they were entitled to a larger rent increase. For increases above 8%, they actually had to apply to the city for that increase and the city would then look at their documentation and determine whether they were entitled to the increase. Now the appeals that we've handled so far have mostly been people who have been in that self-certification bucket. So They've received a rent increase that was more than 3%, but pegged at 8% for the most part. It just didn't pass the smell test of they needed to increase this rent in order to maintain their net operating income. The appeals process isn't easy, Um, it did definitely require a lot of working with people and putting together the documentation but once again, this is something where both the city, the landlord community, and the advocacy community are really trying to figure out how to make this process more effective.
1: It definitely sounds like a new experiment of what this could look like here in the Midwest, and especially in a similar-sized city like here in Milwaukee. And in Milwaukee, there are notorious landlords who ride around sports cars, who have big houses, and at the same time, they do not care for the buildings or their tenants' safety, which is unfortunately what's happening with a lot of renters who are Black, Indigenous, or are already marginalized in the housing market. But in countries such as in Europe where rent control is the norm, housing generally seems to fit a higher standard of living for everybody. Chris, would rent control from your research be able to help prevent the housing quality that is currently available to tenants who are Disenfranchised or marginalized in Milwaukee's housing market, would this be able to help raise that quality of housing that people should have in living?
2: the The short answer is no. There is no such thing as a simple solution to a complex problem. Um, and while rent control is an essential pillar of good housing policy, it really can't solve all of our problems. Um, So, for instance, the journal Sentinel hired an electrician to look at a random sample of rental properties in Milwaukee, and he found that all but one had potentially lethal electrical code violations. Um, And that one happened to be owned by an organization called Strong Blocks, um, which is not a private landlord, um, but they have a social mission. Um, And that was the only one. Um, So landlords here have and continue to kill with their negligence. Um, Right, Things like house fires that wouldn't have happened with responsible maintenance. And so rent control wouldn't be able to solve problems like that. Our problems with unstable housing, but it's certainly an important pillar of, of a comprehensive housing system. And you're right that rental housing is generally of higher standard in Western Europe. And it's a totally different world, and the abuses we see here just don't happen. That's because the legal system enforces real consequences on landlords who don't responsibly maintain their buildings. It really shows how selective our system of law enforcement is. right? If you're arrested on a drug charge, even if you're later found to be innocent, your life is ruined by pretrial detention. Um, if you're a landlord who is literally killed through negligence, you get a tax break.
1: And... Wisconsin, unfortunately, is a state that has a law that prevents any form of rent control. And Wisconsin is also known as a state that's very lax for landlords and protects landlords in comparison to tenants and renters. And Chris, as someone who is a strong advocate for rent control, can rent control happen here in the city of Milwaukee? Is there any way around this Wisconsin law preventing rent control from happening?
2: Um, yeah so to be exact, there are 31 other states um, plus Wisconsin that have a state law that bans um, cities and counties from enacting run controls. Um, you heard about the loophole that St. Paul cleverly found. Um, there's no such loophole here. On the other hand, um, Oregon recently repealed their uh, state preemption against run control. Um, Illinois kind of seems like they're close to repealing theirs um, so it's, It's certainly possible for these uh, for these laws to get repealed at the state level, the city of Portland, they they actually did find a loophole um, when Oregon had their uh, state rent control prohibition. Um, So they enacted an ordinance that required landlords to pay a relocation fee to a tenant of up to four thousand five hundred dollars if they increased rent beyond a certain percentage. Um, So it functioned like a rent control, but it technically wasn't rent control because landlords weren't totally forbidden from excessive rent increases. I I don't think something like this would survive the very conservative Wisconsin State Supreme Court, Um, but I do think it's good politics to force them to make a very unpopular decision and then have to defend their, you know, frankly, very faulty reasoning.
0: Chris Kirko is the founder of the Milwaukee Community Land Trust and the president of Housing for All. Margaret Kaplan is the president of the Housing Justice Center in Saint Paul, Minnesota. They both joined Lake Effect's Mallory Chang. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com/lakeeffect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.